Hello, everybody. This is Clarence Jones, and welcome to another edition of Health Chatter. I, along with my esteemed colleague, as he always calls me, uh, Dr. Stan Shanling, uh, and I are here to talk about an issue that is of vital importance to our community and to our nation. But as always, when we start our show, we always introduce our other colleagues that are here. And uh, we have Aaron Collins, we have uh, Ms. Maddie Levine Wolf, and we have Mr. Matthew Campbell, who are helping us, uh, both Stan and I, who are sometimes technologically challenged uh, to do this show. As you know, Health Chatter is really a program that's designed to help us to talk about issues that have been identified as important for our community. And we come at it from a variety of different perspectives. Uh, Dr. Stan and uh, the students uh, uh, many times come at it from the issue of research and the academic community. And I try to bring a community perspective to it as we talk about these issues that are vital importance for all of us. And so Today, we have a topic that I think is very important. It's around guns and gun violence. And as you know, uh, it's something that uh, we have uh, often struggled with in our country. And so we have some esteemed colleagues that will be with us today. And I'm going to uh, uh, let Dr. Stan uh, introduce our colleague, uh, Dr. Tom Kotke. So uh, I'll tell you, Tom and I, thanks, Clarence. Tom and I go back a long way. And, um, you know, I was thinking, you know, how do I introduce a, you know, a colleague who I've, I've known for a long time. And what I've realized is, is, is really special about Tom and, and only a handful, I, I would argue, are um, a group of physicians that, that carry the torch of um, medicine on, on one hand and um, public health on the other. They have been on that bridge for a long, long time. Tom and I go back to the days of um, the smoke-free 2000. Was it the 2000, Tom, back then? The 2000 coalition where, where Tom was very instrumental in getting the issue of, of smoking as a risk factor for our health out there. And well, these years, um, as a practicing cardiologist, um, has embraced many of the issues around public health that affect our health. And um, it's been, it's really been a, um, a pleasure and, a, and an honor having, um, having him side by side on, on all these issues. So Tom, welcome. And, and thank you for joining us on this subject of uh, gun violence. So I'll, I'll kick it off a little bit because I, I was thinking about, you know, questions for, for this. But then I thought it would start with the epidemiology of it all, you know, the numbers of it all. But in my mind, and Tom, you can, you can relate to this, the numbers are so obvious. I mean, you know, we see it or hear about it every day. We, um, the epidemiology behind it was um, kind of behind locked key at, at the Centers for Disease Control. The data behind it was um, locked up for a while, but now that it's available to us, but yet it's obvious. So thoughts on where we sit with, with the numbers now. Sure. Uh, um, you know, the, 
I wanted to uh, thank Stan. I wanted to start out with just a little bit about terminology and uh, how you say it matters. And so um, gun violence, you, you don't want to say gun control because you lose a very significant proportion of the American public who, who think, oh, Second Amendment. Da -da. And, and we've actually morphed to gun safety because what we've learned is that um, because uh, the majority, the vast majority of deaths in Minnesota are suicide, that many people don't view a death by suicide as gun violence. And so it's around safety. And um, there um, uh, a number of uh, children are shot every day in the country. And I think, you know, we is speaking of smoke-free 2000, we've um, been using uh, tobacco-free as a, as a framework uh, to think about uh, introducing gun violence. And, and so uh, if you have a gun in the household, it increases the risk of death of everybody in that household. They're, life expectancy decreases. And if you look at the stats, speaking of stats, um, uh, you're much more likely to have that gun used against you or used accidentally than use it to protect yourself in a home invasion. And if you read the newspaper carefully uh, and um, look at the, the report on crime and violence, uh, um, most, of, most of the gun violence is, is uh, people doing rather impulsive, and I'm going to say stupid things that they'll regret the rest of their life because they're they're done in haste. Um, That's yeah. cocky. Let me ask you a question yeah. real quick. Let me you ask you a question. Because I think that one of the things for me is uh, with all of the things that you have done, Dr. Stan was, was saying all the, the, the various things that you've done. How did you enter into this conversation around gun violence? What was the epiphany for you uh, to, to be able to enter into this conversation because that's yeah. always interesting for me. Yeah. yeah, two things happened. One, um, Nancy Nord Benz was uh, executive director of Protect Minnesota at the time. She's a Lutheran minister and she, uh, she got tired of uh, doing funerals for uh, her parishioners who had died by suicide or who had been uh, shot and killed accidentally. And uh, when a when a gun is used in a suicide gesture, the case fatality rate is up over around 80 to 85 percent when uh, some other devices used uh, pills or um, it, it's around uh, three or four percent. And then uh, a, I was invited to do a review article for a nursing journal on gun violence. And so taking that seriously, we really looked into it. Uh, the civilian gun violence in the United States is unique in uh, the developed world, except for Brazil. Uh, we in Brazil are markedly higher. And uh, there's very interesting studies like comparing Seattle and Vancouver. And uh, in Vancouver, you can't have a gun. And you may have noticed in the newspaper that the um, Canada is, is, is just about ready to ban the import of firearms. Okay, pistols, rifles, nothing, nothing comes in. And uh, the homicide rates are uh, much, much higher in 
this uh, uh, Seattle than in Vancouver. And the same thing uh, if you compare uh, uh, homicide rates in the United States versus England, mm -hmm. the, the violence rates are actually higher in England, but the uh, homicide rates are only about 10% as high as in the United States and the difference is access to firearms. You know, when you first started talking, you were talking about, um, you know, the the access that people have into the, you know, have access to guns and those kind of things. But America has a culture of uh, of guns. I remember as a kid growing up, you know, we, uh, my, my dad wouldn't let me do it, but other kids walked, would, would uh, uh, run up and down the streets, you know, pretend like they were the Long Ranger, they were Tonto, they were, you know, uh, all these people shooting on bang, bang, pop, pop. Yeah. And so it, you know, it, it becomes important to to realize it's just part of our fabric. And I think that that what makes this conversation diff, difficult, and you you alluded to this a little bit earlier, was the fact that when you start talking about guns, uh, people get very, very defensive about it. You know, uh, people become very politicized about it, you know. Uh, different groups of people have different perspectives about it. Uh, and it, it it really creates a hard conversation to have without people, tr without people trying to be, um, to recognize the other point of view. It's either one way or another, either you're for gun controls or you're against gun controls. You'll, you'll either have one or you won't have one. What, has been the result. I mean, I, I think we can kind of talk about this, but what what do you think has been the result of us of us just normalizing this whole issue around guns uh, in in terms of our country? Well, um, I think you're you're right, Clarence. And if we think uh, go to the smoking metaphor, um, the the three pack a day smoker who's not ready to quit, you're not going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, proud boy who who has uh, a dozen AR-15s in his basement. You're not going to change his mind. But but what we do know is that more culture does change. First of all, culture does change. Uh, we're seeing a migration from long guns to pistols, and we're seeing people buying pistols. And so what what I would say is that talking to those people who are ambivalent. Uh, actually, fewer Americans own guns today than in the past. There's more guns out there, but it's uh, guns are like alcohol. Uh, the, the, the majority of guns, of guns are in the hands of just a few people. Okay. So if, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a gun for self-protection, I would say, first of all, um, that's uh, a, a, a firearm in the household that can be discharged with live ammunition, shortens the life expectancy of everybody in this. Then I'd ask them, would you buy a baby cheetah as a pet for your child? And they'd mm. probably rear back and say, well, hell no, absolutely not. Because that cheetah could at any time go rogue and kill somebody. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what a pistol can do. Okay. Now, if somebody is firm set to have firearms in their household, I'd tell them, Make sure every single person who enters that household has a very intensive firearm safety training course behind them so that they understand that every gun is always considered lo loaded and actionable so that when you point it at somebody, you're pointing at them to kill them. 
I mean, you may kill them. And and the, oh, gee, I didn't know it was loaded. I'm sorry. It doesn't turn back the clock. And, you know, I um, I was talking to a, um, a cousin of mine who um, was in the Navy and about um, gun violence. And, um, and he said this business of people, just ordinary people owning in their homes an assault rifle for safety purposes is ludicrous. He said, most people have no concept the power of an assault rifle. If someone comes to your home and you happen to shoot them with an assault rifle, the, assault, the, the bullets go through them and just blast that person almost to smithereens. And the bullet keeps going, okay? It can go as far as two blocks, if not further. So imagine the further damage and other people that are in harm, potentially in harm's way. So this idea of having an assault rifle is, well, in my, in my mind, ludicrous. Um, let, me, let me just throw out a couple things that our illustrious um, research crew did here. Um, more Americans died in gun-related injuries in the year 2020, which I'll get back to in just a second, than in any other year on record. Suicides majority, and a little over 45,000 people died in 2020. Now, the reason I say let's get back to 2020, we were dealing with, with issues unrelated to gun violence, but, you know, call it me the mental health of, of the country, if nothing else, due to like COVID. For instance, so my my question is, um, and I'll get back to more statistics in a minute. Um, are we seeing guns as a form of just of today's form of acting out behavior, just in general? Like, you know, like frankly, when I was growing up, the idea of you know guns and gun violence, like we're seeing today, was not even on on the radar screen. So what what has morphed? How is it that we have morphed behaviorally into using guns so much? Let me ask this. Let me let me say something real quick, uh, Stan. It's really interesting that you said that because you said you know we're not that far apart from each other uh, in terms of age. But you know, in in your world, you didn't think about guns. In my world, I was, was shooting up bang bang, you know. And there's some some differences that happen in our country around guns and, you know, mm -hmm. in, in among various groups as well. So I wanted yeah. to just put that yeah, out there for, yeah. uh, for, before, before Dr. Tom Cocky would, would answer your, your question. So sorry about that. I hope I didn't distract Tom, what you. do you think? Well, it's, it's access. It's very clearly access. And the, hmm. the gun industry has, so we now for the first time um, uh, have a, a, a director of the ATF, um, uh, for I think it's been 10 years or more that Congress at, at the bidding of the gun industry has prevented um, the ATF from being effective. Um, 
and so it's access to gun and, and it's very interesting you mentioned the military and we have a large number of military suicides the way the way the israeli army dealt with their suicides among their soldiers is they don't get to carry their guns home with them the guns stay on the base you know, mm -hmm. the ways the swiss army uh dealt with it is they simply made the army smaller and, and so there was were fewer <laughs> people with access to guns and wow. so um yeah uh you know thinking of um you know there's probably three things that uh, in addition to that personal counseling uh, uh basically uh motivational interviewing and, and starting where somebody is if they say i, I just don't want to talk about it okay but i would um you know ask the question uh, do you want a child to die because of your firearm and everybody say absolutely not okay well let's lock it up first of all lock it up or store it off safe space off off site and uh say you use your you like to go to the gun range well leave your leave your firearm at the range you can do that you don't need it at home um and we know we know from the statistics that uh most suicides are impulsive uh they're um guys they're a little younger than us because we're we're, we're starting to see a drop off in our in our age cohort but they're they're men uh almost exclusively men uh white men in their 30s 40s 50s and 60s and they're men who have a sudden loss they've lost a job their spouse partner has left them uh, some other other loss and it's unpredictable and we looked at our own data at health partners and 50 percent of the suicides um uh, the the members who died by suicide we did not have a, a claim for a psychosocial uh visit in the two years prior okay so so the the idea is is if you're thinking about having a gun in your household think a long time and recognize you know are you really willing to pull that trigger because um chances are there's a good chance that the intruder will take that gun away from you and use it on you or use it on your and yeah. use it on your whole family um and this Dr. Is let me let me ask this question because yeah. I, I think that you've been saying a couple things that that have really piqued my interest and i want to talk more about them one has been this whole issue around the narrative around gun violence and we don't talk so much about the suicide aspect of it at least in in my perspective we talk more about the murder perspective of it or and we see on the news on the news this this whole uh, uh series of conversation about when we were talking about gun violence we're talking about you know <coughs> urban areas we're talking about mass shootings we're talking about uh, people that are doing these these very horrible things with guns but we don't we don't talk about the 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 the, the I, I should say the real picture you know I, I mean all of it's the real picture but i mean it, it it's like it's not what you just talked about which was why people are taking their lives we don't talk about those things that 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 much we but we would rather focus in on oh yeah you know this this group killed this the, you know their cells and this the, the murders and things like that what's that about is that is that just about good news or you know selling news or is it about developing a a uh, a, a narrative or a paradigm about 
who does what so that other people can escape? I, I just don't know. I mean, because I, I would think that at least from a community perspective, and again, I come as it from a community perspective, that what you're saying uh, is something that people should know. The information that you're giving about locking up your, your gun should be something that should be known. But it's not what we talk about. Right. So we have we have a, a, a very strong cultural taboo about discussing suicide, particularly if uh, a family member dies by suicide. And so you read the paper in reading the paper, you'd believe that the majority of deaths from gun violence in uh, in Minnesota are in young black males. And that's true. The, the homicide rate is very high there. And um, we, we tried, starting with Nixon, we tried the lock them up. It was the, the idea was the rational criminal. Well, the problem is we have this deep brain system one thinking, uh, Danny Kahneman, uh, this, 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 or what's called the lizard brain, where suddenly you're incensed, you're angry, you have a gun in your hand, you start pulling the trigger. Uh, it's just like these, these young men out at Mall of America a few days mm -hmm. ago. They just got in a fight where somebody had a gun. They started pulling the trigger. Now they're in deep doo-doo. There's, there's five people going to go to prison. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to, there we need to look at root causes. We mm -hmm. need, what are the opportunities for young black males who uh, have, have deficient educational opportunities, have deficient occupational opportunities? Um, if, if we will, my belief, and I think there's evidence there, if we, if we want to reduce gun violence in the black community, we need to increase opportunities to do other than uh, be on the street with a gun. And, and, and there's, uh, there, there are phenomenal programs in the community. There was just an article in the paper the other day about uh, uh, wrestling. Um, it's a, it's a, a wrestling program in, in uh, basketball. The, the problem with traveling teams in, uh, that has evolved in uh, America is that it's pay to play. And, and many, uh, many families um, in the black community, first of all, the, ma the male part is in prison for some mind crime. The female head of household is working 80 hours a week or more just to make ends meet. And so there's no supervision. And there's definitely no money to play football or hockey or even basketball. And so we need we need out of school, we know out of school opportunities reduce gun violence, uh, and, and we need to invest in that. And we know that we know that the, the public health impact of gun violence is is poverty in the community because it, it, there's disinvestment in communities where there's high levels of gun violence. And so this this really, like you mentioned, Clarence, this is a community problem, and the answer is not lock them up. It's 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 start long before that with opportunities other than to be on the street with a pistol. Yeah, let me here. let me uh, let me. This might be of interest to our um, our audience. In um, in the year twenty twenty, the states with the highest rates of gun related deaths. There, there's some surprises here as far as I'm concerned. County murders, suicides, and all others that are tracked by the um, the Centers for Disease Control. So I 
here we go, included Mississippi, Louisiana, Wyoming, Missouri, and Alabama. The states with the lowest rates of gun-related deaths included New York, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Hawaii. Okay, so, you know, you know what some of the people in our audience might think of, wait, New York has one of, one of the lowest? Okay, but, you know, it's how, how basically data is, is, uh, is gathered based on population density, et, et cetera. And so these are the things that, you know, our epidemiologists look at very, very um, closely. Clarence, you, you mentioned from a community perspective mm-hmm. um, and that you kind of grew up more with the kind of the bang, bang kind of culture. Around me, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't I, necessarily I, embrace I, it. My parents wouldn't let me shoot the, shoot the gun, you know what I mean? So. Correct, correct. Okay. So I, I, this is kind of something that was in my head. I remember as a kid having a squirt gun. Mm-hmm. You know, a water squirt gun, a little one, sure, a little one. And well, these years, as the years passed by, and I remember when when my son was growing up, all of a sudden you saw these squirt guns that are high powered. Mm-hmm. They're almost reflecting mm-hmm. what's going on in in real guns or or real rifles in a toy oriented. Mm-hmm. environment which is a little scary in in my mind and you know a lot of parents say hey hold the fort we're not allowing any guns or any of that kind of thing altogether but mm-hmm. i i see it kind of as a growing kind of culture where mm-hmm. we look at gun violence as almost entertainment well let me let me let me let me let me talk a little bit about that because as you were saying it and i know this is a very very uh, touchy subject for a lot of people. I think we 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 are now living there. I heard a guy say this one time. There was a time where art imitated life. Now we're in an age where life imitates art. And I think if you take a look at the use the word that you talked about, which was entertainment, we have now we have entertainment where killing people is is an art. Yeah. You know, how how do you how do how do you know how how do you uh, uh, shoot around shoot around a, a obstacle to kill somebody? You know right. how many it's video games? You, yeah. How many? Yeah. And that's I was going to use video games because I know people get really tested about that. But how do you do these kinds of things? And how do you you know? And you you see you see uh, actual stories of of grown men, you know, spending their time, you know, playing the video games and those kinds of things, and you just kind of wonder. You know, how does the ease of killing people on video? How does that? How does that translate to killing people in real life? It's kind I of a fantasy reality. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to get into that world because uh, I know people get sensitive about it. But I, I just, I just, I'm just thinking. I'm just, I'm just brainstorming. Doctor Kaki, what do you think? Well, it's it's interesting. The um, my friend Dennis Cross, who's a he's a 
internist and associate medical director at Health Partners, grew up in Milwaukee, Mississippi, um, uh, black, um, was in Vietnam. And he, he said, you know, the, 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 the guys who are most interested in showing off their weapons and all that stuff are the ones who have sh seen the least combat. Exactly. I, mean, I believe that, that. That if you've been in combat, if you've had to kill people, you're not very interested. And I think, you know, this is, uh, I used to, I used to use uh, the uh, metaphor of a tent. What holds a tent up? Uh, is it the stakes? Is it the ropes? Is it the canvas? And, and it's a system. And I think the thing is that the gun culture is a system of promotion and, and to pick out one thing to say this is it like video games and stan I, you just you know you talked about the squirt guns remember candy cigarettes oh same idea where did they come right exactly. right the, in fact there's some uh, some lawsuits coming against the gun manufacturers for promoting the video games uh, associating them with advertisements for real guns um it's 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 the it's the fa it's a fantasy world. Yeah, um, yeah. But I want to go back to the the rates in states and in most of it, it's it's how many people have guns and and if you've been following the news, uh, the Supreme Court just overturned a century old New York law that says you can't carry a gun in New York, uh, just because you want to carry a gun. You have to have a good reason for carrying that gun. Uh, Connecticut has a very strict, if you want to buy a gun, you have to go through a very long training period. Okay. And two, two laws that we know do work. First of all, extreme risk protection orders. That is, if I am a hazard to myself or the community, the police can take my gun away. And right now, right now with guns, it's like, oh, uh, your neighbor or I get in my car falling down drunk every day and go driving off and nobody can do anything about me until I kill somebody with my car. That's the way it is with guns right now. That somebody can be scaring the living pants off of the whole neighborhood and there's nothing that can be done until that person pulls the trigger. Right, right. Yeah. And I so, so extreme risk protection laws. The other one is universal background checks. And we've all heard this. You know, it's so tiring. You know, if only 80% of people boarding an airplane had to go through security, you know, but that's the way it is with, you know, with quote, private sales. And, and, and the folks against universal background checks get all uh, uh, their shorts in a knot about, well, you know, if, if, if I want to sell to my grandson, give my gun to my grandson, I have to go through a background check. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's family transfers, those kind of things that can be uh, accounted for but but it's these trunk sales or private sales online yeah. online sales you know and then this ghost guns they where there's parts are sold and, and there's no way to trace the gun because they're just all parts and you just use a youtube video to put it together so let me ask this question i mean this came uh from, from one of my colleagues uh and she said uh, there's something that's clearly amiss with our attitudes about guns so how do we align both political major political parties uh, in a point of view about gun reform 
uh, and uh, how do we help them to to try to work together to address this issue? I hope I'm saying that correctly, but I think that's basically what she's asking. What do you think we should be doing? I mean, because, it, it, you know, if you are a Republican, you have one view. If you're a Democrat, you have one view. At least that's the perception. That's the myth. Uh, you know, and we talked about this being a political issue. I mean, so yeah. don't yeah, people it's, care? Yeah. I think people do care. They, they, um, I think the, the third, so there's the, uh, extreme risk protection orders or red flag laws. There's the universal background checks and then there's research and Stan talked about the basically putting a cover over research so that people understand the hazards of firearms. And I would say, let's not make it. Yeah. It, there's a tendency of uh, the the alt right, I mean the alt right is is a, a pro firearm, um, but let's let's not go along party lines. And and for uh, folks who are interested, there's a lot of community in in Minnesota. There's Protect Minnesota, but there's also Giffords. There's Moms uh, Demand Action. There's Every Town for Gun Safety. Um, uh, I don't recall the name of it right now in St. Paul, but there's 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 the the parents uh, whose children have died by gunfire, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and join one of those and become an activist. But just talk to people, and I would use the motivational interviewing techniques. That is, help them think through, think through the the impact of a firearm, the potential impact of a firearm in their life, and. Because once they, once our system one thinking kicks in and we've got our heels dug in, it, it's, it's not going to help. You know, you and, know and, one, one yeah. thing that I, I think about when, when it comes to this is um, it's hard to change norms and values. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And we in in the uh, the public health are well aware of that it doesn't it doesn't come overnight that you know uh, people start wearing seatbelts or it doesn't come overnight that uh, people are more aware of the harms of smoking it it will not come overnight um, how we change the norms and values around um, gun violence but. The important aspect of it, and to to Aaron's question here, is um, the honest and open conversation about this, where we come to a meeting of the minds. So, for instance, I this is where you know it's like this side versus that side. It's on one side they'll say, uh, you know, take the guns off the streets altogether, gun true gun control, and on the other side they'll talk about it's not the guns, it's mental health. Okay, well, where I mean, from why isn't it both? Why isn't it both? And why can't we together come come together and decide what would be a, a nice balance between those two, helping on both sides of those equations of the equation, mental health and control at the same time, at the same time, and that's to me where um, where there would be logical. Um, change in attitude and change in in values if we we both are, if both sides are willing to understand the mental health aspect 
and the control, the tool aspect, in this case, the guns. So let me ask this question, Dr. Kaki. Um, I mean, after hearing all the conversation uh, that we have done about this whole issue, you know, there's still some people that will say, what difference does it make? You know, so I, I just like to ask you, uh, for those who might be listening to us, why should we care? I mean, why should they care about this issue? Okay. Um, it becomes real when a shooter invades your grandchild's school and kills your grandchild or even next door and your your grandchild has a life of PTSD. Um, the shooter, active shooter drills. Now, uh, my grandkids are, are just three and one years old about when you so they're not in school yet but but the parents i talked to the active shooter drills i mean i still remember the atomic bomb drills i do from, yeah. from 69 years ago they're yeah. still vivid you know get under the desk and you know then right. because the bomb's coming and you know just scaring the bejesus out of me yeah. um uh, uh, why should we care? Because the gun violence, you know, is coming to a town near you, coming right. to a household near you. And it may be uh, your household. And Stan, you, you brought up an excellent point. Um, there's no single cause of gun violence. It's, it's yeah. um, women murdered by their ex-intimate others. Um, it's uh the active shooters which uh are f usually uh white males under the age of 25. one exception is the las vegas shooter uh then it's this this sort of random just um up and down the street now with automatic weapons and in young black men um and so there's no that there's no single intervention that will solve everything but it's a it's a systems problem um and and we need to approach that way we don't one of the problems we do have and and this is good research behind it is that uh the majority of of americans uh, believe that there's no solution to the problem and we have to we and and, and the gun industry likes that you know, as long as their people feel hopeless and helpless, they're not going to try to solve the problem. And, and the problem is soluble. Um, and that and that's really where I was trying to come from, is that it just seems like it just seems like, what can we do? You know, there's, there's you know, and, you know, so why should I even as long as it doesn't, as you just said, as long as it doesn't affect me personally then I could survive, I can live, I can stay away from those kind of uh situations where I don't have to worry about that. I remember uh, actually driving down my street. I was, as we were talking, I remember driving down my street. I was uh, two blocks from home and all of a sudden uh, this car comes racing backwards. He was going backwards and somebody was shooting at him, you know, and uh, I don't, you know, and all of it, you know, so anyway, I crashed my car into him and this kind of thing. And I, I never thought about that as being a, <clears throat> gun violence against me, you know, what he wasn't shooting at me, right? And it was something that happened around me. And I think that that's, the, that's what happened with us is that, you know, we're, we're just driving down the street, minding our business, 
And all of a sudden we become actively engaged in something that we weren't looking for, but it, but, but, but it happens. And I think that, you know, as you just said, we have to think about what is the impact or what, or what could be the impact on my life uh, as a result of, of gun violence. Yeah. You know, I think it gets to the whole issue of um, proactive, being proactive, truly from a prevention standpoint versus reactive. In other words, it did happen to me or it affected me somehow and my community. And consequently, now you're talking about interventions, okay, in order to change. And that's where, you know, um, stories become real. Okay, yeah. like Princess Princess Titus, when she when we get her on on the show, she'll be able to tell a story, and that's what created, shall we say, activism. Okay, mm -hmm. around around the subject, or you know, an analogy to it would be like, I didn't wear a seatbelt forever until I was in a serious crash. Okay, mm -hmm. then I put my seatbelt on. Okay, or you become active in that in that arena. Um, I think part of it is how we, uh, human behavior, how we, we deal with particular hard subjects. It's not real, Clarence, as you, as you mentioned, until it kind of hits you one way or the, or the other. Tom, thoughts? Yeah, um, and it's unpleasant. It's not a pleasant topic. I mean, it, it, and it can be dangerous. I mean, confronting, you know, getting into... Uh, a discussion with somebody who has a firearm on, on their hip can be uh, can be uh, uh, not very much fun. But but we don't have to we don't have to convince everybody. I mean we you know it's it's basically fifty percent plus one. Um, <laughs> and this the you know there's there's all sorts of spurious arguments out there that you'll never get you'll never get the uh, all the AR-15s back. No, you won't, but at least you'll stop selling them. You know, the, the kid that did the shooting down in Texas, he bought two AR-15s in a week or so. You know, if he if he couldn't have purchased those, he wouldn't have done it. So here's here's a little quiz for you. What what was the case fatality rate at Sandy Hook? That is, if a kid got got hit by a bullet, what proportion of them died? The wasn't answers, it a, close to 100%, yeah. wasn't it? It was so close to 100%, it was 100%. It was Every 100%. single kid that got hit by a bullet with that AR-15 at Sandy Hook died. Yeah. yeah. That's Either how a direct that's hit or an indirect hit. Yeah, they just got hit. Yeah, and, and, right. and they got hit. Uh, Steve Har Hargarten is a uh, emergency physician, physician over at Milwaukee, and he, was, uh, he had this uh, model of, of, of gel in... in uh, he could measure the the force of a pistol and a rifle than a assault weapon, and the you know pistol juggled the the gelatin a little bit and the rifle a little more, and the assault rifle broke the whole device. I mean, it was wow. it was so powerful it just blew the whole thing apart and 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 broke it, and and the engineers were really angry with him. Uh -huh. um, but they're uh, you know they the you know in Texas the kids were in bits, right? I mean they they were in bits and right and um but so. So I would say is one get involved with one of the one of the activist organizations, whether it's Giffords, Every Town, Moms, Protect Minnesota, whatever, and and 
you can be in your comfort zone. You know, you, you, don't, you don't have to be out fighting. And, and then discuss, talk with people. Again, motivational interviewing. Uh, for those people who are kind of on the fence, we know that in COVID, a lot of people, after the murder of George Floyd, a lot of people bought pistols. And those pistols are probably just sitting around. The kids know where they are. The, the adults have probably forgotten, you know, and, and, and those, those are really hazardous. Get rid of those things, you know? Yeah. And Stan, you mentioned that a, a AR-15 can go blocks. Uh, have you ever looked at the, what it says on a, uh, a box of 22 shells? It says danger range one mile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. it's just insane. Yeah. And the, and the number of kids and, and, you know, we know this in, in Minneapolis, the number of kids who have been killed, you know, playing the piano, practicing the clarinet, yeah. uh, jumping on a trampoline, you know, there's just this terrible stuff. You know, you know Dr. I think Cuck- my point for, for, for our audience and what you can do is um, don't wait. Don't wait until you hear about another episode or you read about another um, episode. If, if, you're, if you have any passion behind this, um, contact one of the organizations that, that, that Tom mentioned. Clarence. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think this is a great way to end that program. I think that both you, what uh, you, Dr. Kaki, has said and what Sanders said in terms of being engaged is a great way for for our listeners to to take action. And so I want to personally thank you, uh, Dr. Kaki, and the rest of my colleagues for being a part of this show today. I think it's been a, it's been a great show. And I know that we're going to come back again and we're going to talk some more about this because we're just entering into this conversation. But that's what Health Chatters does. It, it interests those conversations uh, that uh, we should be talking about and bringing people like like you on the show so that we can hear your perspective, because as Stan started off talking about you, you were doing all these great things already. And then I discovered and he discovered that you were involved in in in, in gun control. It's like, you know, we need to talk and that's what we do. So I want to thank our listeners. And I, again, I thank our colleagues for their support with Community Health Dialogue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry with uh, Health Chatter. Right, right, and you know we'll, 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 um, cut, that, we'll cut that out. But anyway, right. and, and, wanna... in our in our next show, uh, we will be t- talking about cardiovascular health, and um, as we relate, as I hear more and more information about these subjects, I always reserve the right that we will have another episode on on gun violence and how is it that we as people in communities can can actively do something so to all of our listeners keep health chatting away thanks bye-bye bye